You're listening to a Fair Mormon production. Welcome to Fair Mormon's Front Page News Review, where we provide context and analysis of the past week's media coverage of Mormons and the LDS Church. I'm your host, Nicoletti, and with me via the internet is manager of the Fair Mormon Front Page News Service, Cassandra Hidelius. Hello. We hope this will be an edifying and entertaining experience. What we present is not to be understood as being the official position of Fair Mormon or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We speak for ourselves and sometimes not even then. So, Cassandra, let's get into one of those news weeks again where we seem to be dominated by one pretty heavy story. Oh, goody. One pretty heavy personality, even, you could say. Um, And it's a sad story. So, once again, we are dealing with a slew of news coverage of the excommunication of Brother John DeLynn. Um, I think I'm saying his name correctly. Everybody seems to say it differently. DeLynn, DeLynn. Well, DeLynn is how his family pronounces it. So okay. let's go, we'll with, go that. with that then. <laughs> um, John DeLynn, for a little bit of background, is um, now a former member of the church who lives in Utah for about 10 years. He's been running a website and a podcast um, where he interviews people who talk about Mormony stuff. And there's really not a lot, uh, a binding theme to it all more than that. It's called Mormon Stories, and it is just a a loose group of stories, interviews about Mormonism. However, in the past few years, it has taken a turn um, in a very negative direction. It used to feature um, people who were are very strong in the church, who have great things to say about the church, even apologists. Um, but more recently, it has been featuring people who don't like the church, have nothing but bad to say about the church, um, or at, at best, kind of lukewarm. Um, More than that, and it was demonstrated um, in that that famous paper, if you keep up with these things on the internet, um, it was shown that Mr. Dillon doesn't learn. Doesn't learn. (laughs) He he doesn't (laughs) learn when correct information is shown to disprove some of the criticisms that he continues to feature. Um, For instance, he had a podcast a few years ago with a gentleman who is a scholar of Mesoamerica, but doesn't have any particular expertise on the Book of Mormon and hasn't really looked into it since like the 70s. Well, scholarship on the Book of Mormon has come a very long way since then. So in this podcast with this scholar, they're talking about all these criticisms of the Book of Mormon and how they more or less disprove the Book of Mormon from their point of view, and yet all of the reasons that are brought up have been answered, very sufficiently answered. It is, there, there is no reason, <laughs> there is no good reason to discard your belief in the Book of Mormon based on anything brought up in that podcast. So it's, it's things like that. Um, it seems that he has... Um, decided to reach for the negative even when the positive is a much better answer. So when people say that he is just asking questions, well, he doesn't seem to be even-handed in his search for answers. And so this week he was excommunicated, which is very sad. Well, and to go back to Mormon Stories as a podcast, uh, one of the things that I think 
was important for what he was doing in his time and, and at least the outward vision was he was trying to give a place for people that had questions about difficult issues, that they had a place where they can uh, voice their opinions, they could go on message boards and say whatever they want, and they didn't feel some of the pressure that I think they may f- have felt at church or something like that, whether that's real or self-imposed, it doesn't matter. They still felt like this was a place where they could be safe. And Mm -hmm. as a a member of Fair Mormon and one who has spent a good portion of his time over the last year creating a podcast, also addressing some critical questions and allowing for people to express their opinions and so on and so forth, I have become personally acquainted with the challenge that it is to address critical questions without agreeing with critical answers. And I think one of the challenges that ended up happening with John and his podcast was it wasn't about finding faithful answers. It was about producing results that ended with people leaving the church, losing their faith, and, and it ended up becoming kind of a, its own tragedy. Um, but one of the things that ended up happening was John, of course, got on uh, a local radio station here in Utah. I believe it's a PBS kind of affiliate and announced his, I guess, the decision or read the letter out loud. Right, uh, on KUER. Regarding, yes, on KUER, the show was Radio West. And he talked about the events leading up to it, his his perception of the proceedings and so on and one of the things that I actually found kind of revealing and, and maybe understated in some of the discussions that I've seen is that he made a statement where 10 years ago, when he first bought his microphone to start Mormon Stories, he knew and in fact felt that it was a very inevitable conclusion that he would be excommunicated. And he then went on to say, I wonder what took the LDS church so long. I think what he's getting at is his criticism is that the church um, just cannot abide dissent, cannot abide doubting or questioning or disbelief. And I think his own case disproves that. His priesthood leaders have been extraordinarily long-suffering with him. It's been years now um, since his podcast has taken a turn for the negative, and yet his leaders worked with him, talked with him. Um, This has been an ongoing saga for quite a long time. And so now, finally, that they have gone ahead and excommunicated him, um, for him to say that, well, there is just no place, no place. Well, (laughs) there, there was a place for him to have a very public platform to say very negative things about the church and its leaders for years now. So if there's anybody listening to this who um, is struggling, has some doubts, or just isn't quite sure where they're at with this whole Mormon thing, no, you're not going to be excommunicated. You're not, um, you don't need to be looking over your shoulder for a disciplinary disciplinary council to convene. Um, I think that leaders in the church are very reluctant to excommunicate. They would much rather work with you. And as long as you are, you know, not publicly making very unfairly negative statements, very conclusory statements, not questioning, but conclusory statements that 
you know, you're not sure if God exists. You don't believe that Christ ever lived. You don't believe that he was divine. You think that the Book of Mormon is fan fiction. These are the sort of things that Jalen was publicly saying. If you're not being so strident in public and building a movement about it, then you're fine. You, you can work through your doubts and your questions. I hope that you'll do so with the help of your ward members and your leaders. And... You know, come and visit Fair Mormon. It's we we laugh together. I, I think you might have probably saw this, Nick. Uh, members of Fair Mormon laugh together when statements are thrown around by Dylan and others that you know there's just no place in the church to bring up these doubts. Well, oh my goodness, that's yeah. Fair Mormon's entire website. We have an entire wiki with thousands of articles that are all about those those problems, those issues, and I mean they answer it in such a way that you can't get away with saying, oh, well, it means the church is not true, but it does bring them up. It does discuss them. Questions are not discouraged. We, we beg for questions. Please come and ask us. So there is a place. Absolutely. And one of the things that we want to put context on with this is that we've got articles here from NBC News. We've got the New York Times that's reporting these things. And it's a challenge because John is very good at public relations, and he is very well connected with these media outlets in the sense that he's able to forward his version of things very well and articulate them. One of the things that is unique about this experience, as opposed to other church disciplinary councils for the most part, is that they're not supposed to be very public. And yet, John has made his public. So one of the things that came out also this last week, I believe on the 10th of February, uh, which was a Tuesday, that the the church, who normally stays quiet about this stuff, actually made a public release on the Mormon newsroom where they responded to John DeLynn's public comments. And this, I think, was an effort, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but this was really an effort to correct at least the public record. You can't really change public opinion sometimes, but in this particular case, they're just trying to be on record with the right elements. Is that right? right? Yeah, and a lot of the coverage of the excommunication was pretty straightforward and fair, I think. I mean, NBC News, it brought up whether Dillon's point of view or brought up the church's point of view, it was pretty even-handed. But then you had articles like the New York Times, um, which, you know, wasn't terrible, but its subheading drew attention to the point that John Dillon says he was ousted for backing gay marriage and gender equality. Well, I mean, that's an effort to put the real hot topics front and center. And we've been around this merry-go-mulberry right. bush before um, talking about, you know, why is he being excommunicated? There was a lot of coverage back and forth. And that, I think, is what the church is referring to, saying, look, the stake president's letter says that you very publicly and loudly and in a way calculated to damage the faith of other members of the church said that you're not sure about God, that Jesus Christ was not divine, that the atonement doesn't make sense, that the Book of Mormon and the Book of Abraham are works of fiction, which implies that Joseph Smith was a fraud and not a prophet, um, and many statements rejecting the teachings of the church and not only the divine authority, but even the basic moral authority of church leaders. And so... The, the church is just trying very hard to set the record straight. 
And yeah. just look, that is why he was excommunicated. The other positions on ordaining women in same-sex marriage, those are not in harmony with the teachings of the church, but in general, merely holding those views is not going to be grounds for excommunication. And, I mean, now that Kate Kelly and John Dolan have both been excommunicated and both say that um, they were excommunicated for the reason of holding those views, and yet there are a lot of other members of the church who also hold those views. Some of them I know are wonderful members of the church, are very great and faithful saints, and they're fine. They can are working through that, that discrepancy between their convictions and the church's position um, the best that they can, but they're, they're fine. And so I think the church is, I'm very glad that the church is setting it straight, that there is not some sort of mass um, excommunication threat of, toward every member who has opinions on these political issues. Well, I would think that the best way to sum this up is that there are two sources for those that want uh, the most accurate information without slant and things like that, and that would be the actual church's response that we just mentioned, and the link will be posted to this episode at blog.fairmormon.org, as well as a Mormon Voices response, which, what exactly is the connection between Mormon Voices and Fair Mormon? Mormon Voices is a subsidiary of Fair Mormon. Um, It was created specifically to talk to the rest of the world, not just to members of the church, and to comment on media, news, public affairs, public relations type things. And so, yes, the Mormon Voices article and press release are great um, summaries. Very, the, the article especially is a very thorough um, primer on what is going on here. <laughs> uh, this last story, let's move on, and it's somewhat related to our last episode and even a little bit to this one in that it's talking, it's a Washington Post article entitled, In Mormon Church versus LGBT Community Support for Mormon's Position. So what, what exactly is this article talking about? So this harkens back to the church's press conference a couple of weeks ago now on a Tuesday. I remember it was on a Tuesday. I don't remember <laughs> what the date was. Um, where It was Elder Christofferson and Elder Holland and Elder Oaks and Sister Marriott um, basically saying that the church um, broadens its existing support for non-discrimination laws that would protect LGBT individuals. Um, But the church also asks and expects the rest of the world to help protect religious liberty and individuals' religious conscience as they... Um, move around and participate in society. And so this article, and it's one of many, it got quite a lot of coverage last week, um, there was an Associated Press poll finding that a a decent majority of Americans believe that um, people who have religious objections to same-sex marriage and who run businesses related to marriage, like the cake bakers and the florists and the photographers, um, uh, 57% of Americans who were in that poll believe that those business owners should be able to refuse service to same-sex couples. And that 
um, category of the the clash between religious liberty and protection for LGBT rights is one that was brought up by church leaders in that press conference that the the principle of religious liberty includes the right to not have to create something that you know you put your talent, your individuality, your brand um, into that and have it be used for an event that you have a moral disagreement with. And so it looks the, all of these articles were just pointing out, huh, the Mormons are onto something here. They have the the backing of the majority of the American people, so maybe that will help them in whatever ways they're trying to move forward on this grand compromise. Right. And I suppose, as we, we kind of predicted a couple of weeks ago, that there's still going to be some of this floating around for the next little bit. In fact, I imagine that something of this nature is going to be part of uh, presidential elections and legislative sessions for the next at least year until, I would assume, the Supreme Court kind of has some decision relating to same-sex marriage. Is that kind of where everything might change? Um, not... <laughs> Might. Okay, yes. The Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court, is scheduled to make a decision on same-sex marriage sometime this year. Um, and so a lot of federal courts already, both district courts and circuit courts, have said that um, state laws restricting marriage to one man, one woman are unconstitutional. Um, but there is now a split in the authorities on that. Um, several circuit courts have said that those laws are unconstitutional, and yet the Sixth Circuit has said they are constitutional. And so, yes, the Supreme Court is going to take that up. It's going to be a big deal. There will be a lot of Mormon-related coverage, I think. Um, the church has participated with other church and other groups in submitting briefs to similar court cases, I'm certain that they will do so in this case as well. Um, so, yeah, buckle up. There, there's still a lot... <laughs> buckle up. Nice. A lot of debate coming up along these lines. And it's not an easy thing, right? There's This balance is going to be a long time coming, I think. Um, right. And, I mean, the only legislation that I believe that is actively under consideration right now is in the Utah legislature. Oh, no, no, just kidding. There was a bill in Idaho that I think failed, and it included some religious conscience protection. So, yeah. Well, Arizona I mean, there, had one, too, I think. That was last year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yes, with, with 50 it. states, 50 states and lots of cities and the Supreme Court and the U.S. Congress, and golly, there's a lot that has been going on and will be going on. Yeah. Okay. Well, just to bring you all up to date on some of the things that you may have missed this last week with the Fair Mormon blog, we had uh, Fair Issues number 79, which was a Mike Ash uh, presentation on the, consi the consistent Book of Mormon map. And of course, Book of Mormon geography remains to be one of those topics that people uh, study and look around. So check that out. We also had Faith and Reason number 38, which is with Julianne Delin Hatton, John Delin's sister, uh, who does podcasting for us. Her and Mike Ash talk about a lot of different Book of Mormon evidences. And then we also have a book review by Neil Rapley on the book Rediscovering the First Vision. 
So take a look at those different things and stay plugged into the news through the Fair Mormon front page news service handled by the lovely and talented Cassandra Hedelius. So dedicated. (laughs) And hopefully both of us will have better voices next week as we are both (laughs) overcoming some colds. So thank you for being patient with us. Yes. Although it has been warm here in Utah for winter. Yeah, not here in Maryland. It's cold and wet. (laughs) Sorry to hear that. I'm going to L.A. next week, so I will be enjoying Southern California warmth. Be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks. This has been a fair moment.